people kind of overlook sometimes the importance of the, the patient-doctor relationship, and that's really what this bill is trying to highlight. And legislation comes about all kinds of interesting ways, and this piece of legislation started with a constituent who's a physician, yeah. and he approached me about the horror story he went through with a, a non-compete that was part of his contract. It really, it wasn't anything nefarious on his part. He wasn't trying to mm-hmm. find a new job. He had a disagreement with his his employer, with the health system he was working with, and ultimately there was a parting of ways, a Mm -hmm. mutual split. He was a highly specialized endocrinologist that then decided to open up his own practice and then got slapped with a lawsuit saying he was violating his non-compete. It affected someone even in my in my office. In fact, yeah. two folks in my office who were his patients couldn't find him. They lost their doctor. They couldn't find him, and, and they loved their doctor. They wanted to keep their doctor, and because of the non-compete, he wasn't able to treat his patients. So yeah. that's how this bill came to fruition. This week on, by the way, did you know, doctor-patient relationships. Welcome back to, by the way, did you know, and this week I have with me Dr. F. Wilson Jackson. Dr. Jackson, thanks for joining me. And this podcast talks a lot about typically laws and legislation that mm-hmm. uh, affect our daily lives, but we don't really know about. And, and this week for the first time, we're kind of focusing on something that hasn't become a law, something that we're working on in the House and, and then hopefully in the Senate here soon on a piece of legislation that's really important to folks that they don't know about. And, and Dr. Jackson, I, I thank you for joining me, and, and, and thanks for being here to talk about something that's really important, and that's uh, the, the doctor-patient relationship. And, and mm-hmm. specifically, uh, this bill, which is House Bill 681, deals with non-compete agreements that doctors are, are sometimes subject to. So before we get into all this, though, you know, mm-hmm. Dr. Jackson, can you just give us a little bit of history, you know, what, you, what your practice is, where you are, and, and, and how you're involved with uh, PA Med? Sure. Sure, happy and Representative Eckert, thanks so much for the opportunity to talk and and especially for championing this this issue that's really really important to physicians throughout our throughout our state. Uh, by background, I'm a Pennsylvania native. I was born in Philadelphia, and I spent two years there, and then moved to the Harrisburg area, and kind of grown up my entire life here. And when it came time for after my education, I came back to Pennsylvania to try to start my career and raise my family. So I feel like a deep roots in the state. My we go back generations, both in Philadelphia and the Pittsburgh area, as well as Harrisburg. That's a good thing. We but want I, people to come back to Pennsylvania. I'm glad you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a wonderful state, and I and I've enjoyed it. My children have been educated here in the state, and and uh, it's been a been a terrific um, place for me to kind of dig down some professional roots as well. You know, I'm a, I'm a second generation physician. My father was a physician, and then when I finished up my training, he hired me, and I joined him, and the two of us worked together, and then. He kind of handed over the kind of the farm, so to speak, to me, and then I since uh, the, our practice has since grown out to be six physicians and five non-physician providers, and we're located largely in the greater Harrisburg metropolitan area where, where our patients reside. We are an independent practice. You know, the restrictive covenant is something I'm certainly aware of, and just in terms of our own our own governance, but certainly my involvement in the Pennsylvania Medical Society has brought this even closer to home, and it's an issue important to physicians throughout the whole, whole, the whole state. Uh, my current capacity in Pennsylvania Medical Society is, is a currently president-elect, so I've been serving that capacity for this uh, the balance of this calendar year. And Dr. Jackson, just speaking about this bill and, and non-competes, can you just kind of talk about what these non-competes do in, you know, from a physician's perspective mm-hmm. and, and how, how challenging they are? Yeah, and you know, this bill 
strikes the heart of what medicine is all about. It's really the physician, the, the patient, the relationship, and the continuity of care. And you know, the restrictive covenants threaten that continuity of care. And continuity of care is kind of the essence of so much of what we do. There's a lot of acute care that happens, but so much of chronic care management is establishing a relationship with the patient. But, and you know, anything that disrupt that is going to disrupt the quality of that care. Um, I think just patients and well, physicians will both tell you how important it is to maintain that continuity. I've got patients I've been taking care of myself for over 20 years, and I know them well, and I feel like that that has been a- enabled me to be a better physician for them. You know, physicians think about this. This is something that goes on in their, their professional lives as they are navigating their careers, and things do change. And there, there, sometimes there's disagreements with a current employer, but that doesn't mean that physician wants to stop practicing in the community. They, they should be enabled to practice in, that, in the community for the sake of the patients and their access. Uh, but sometimes physicians, I think, feel um, that they cannot exercise their professional rights you know, to stay in the community, and this bill would allow us, to, or allow the physicians in the state, uh, that latitude to do exactly what they were trained to do and not leave the community, not feel threatened that they're going to have to um, kind of fight off a lawsuit that they're oftentimes under-equipped and under-empowered to, to, to fight. Sure, and and to talk about the nitty-gritty of the bill so folks can under- yeah. actually understand it, we use these terms, non-compete, and folks are like, well, what does yeah. that mean? And and so so when we talk about the no- a non-compete agreement, we're talking about a contract between an employer and, and an employee that says mm-hmm. uh, once you part ways with your employer that you are restricted from working typically in a geographic region and for a certain amount of time. Now, in general practice, these things are used to so you're not starting up a you know a startup business that competes with the other business. But what's unique here, much like attorney-client privilege, which that is a protected uh, mm-hmm. area where their non-competes aren't subject, the doctor-patient relationship is equally just as important, if not more important, so that patients can choose the doctors they want and doctors can treat the patients mm-hmm. that want to, to see them. And these non-competes kind of get in the middle of that. And with these growing health systems in Pennsylvania, these non-competes, some of the non-competes I've seen out there would effectively put someone out of work in the state of Pennsylvania. I mean, is that your yeah. understanding? Yeah. I mean, there's significant consolidation within the healthcare systems throughout our whole state. And, you know, and that's a whole different drivers to those changes. But as a result, you know, there are, you know, there are these large network of in, in integrated health systems throughout the state so that geographically, you know, you, you really cannot find a place or a space that you could hang your shingle and, and, and practice your medicine. So this is ever more important because of that consolidation that's happening throughout the state. Yeah, and one of the arguments that you hear, especially from the hospital systems, is, mm-hmm. look, this is going to, you know, doctors are just going to go out and they're greedy and they're going to they're make bidding wars against each other and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, they're going to exploit these hospitals for more money. You know, what, what do you say to that? That's just not been my experience. You know, physicians are my colleagues and they're my friends, and, I, you know, we, we talk about these issues. And, you know, oftentimes they're interest they want to stay in the community they want to maintain their relationship with their patients and oftentimes they don't want to disrupt their, their personal lives uh, because of this i mean th- these physicians are become part of the, the fabric of a community they, you know, their children attend the schools and they the parents become in, in, involved in the community whether it's you know through different sports activities or different you know advocacy organizations they become big parts of the community and and they they concern about that so they're not 
looking at how can they profit by staying put. Rather, they're just looking at how can I continue to find professional reward in a work environment that I want and not have to disrupt my per, my professional lives, my relationship with my patients and my, fam, my families. And I think you're 100% right there. I mean, doctors doctors and physicians are, are, are definitely pillars of our community. They are active in our charities. They're active in our mm-hmm in our schools i mean it's it's it they're part of our community just like anybody else and you know one of the things also with this bill is it, it doesn't just bully hospitals here there's all kinds of safeguards in here for yeah. rural yeah. health care where if we if a if a health system or a, or a practice recruits somebody in a rural community which we know is difficult to get folks in that mm-hmm. they're they're exempt from this bill there's also things in there that protect health systems that if they do spend a, pun- a ton of money to recruit and relocate a physician to come work for their health system, that yeah. they can recoup those types of things. So, you know, w- w- this isn't just one-sided. We tried to work with both sides here to, to, to try to get some type of understanding and, and help really the health system, you know, in general and make this a, a way that we can encourage the doctor-patient relationship but also protect the health system side of things as well. Yeah, and I, I thought that was a particularly thoughtful addition to the bill when I read through it was to, to kind of think of the other side's perspective on this. And if a health system spends a lot of resources and effort and money to recruit someone, they, they want to preserve that investment to some extent. They should be entitled to, uh, but not at the at the loss of the physician's autonomy to, to move through. So I think creating those certain pockets within the state to give some assurances that the large the health systems that operate in there can protect their um, the recruitment costs and and you know their their patients that they're recruiting these physicians for so so dr jackson one of your predecessors at, at pa med you know when i first introduced this bill mm-hmm. you know i i was excited to talk to him about it and when i was you know i had first introduced it and and something he said kind of stuck with me was that this bill isn't about me it's not about physicians this is about yeah. my patients this is about sure this is about patients and protecting their rights can you explain that you know just how important are your patients to you and how this legislation will help that relationship? Despite you know, all the changes that have happened in healthcare, you know, at its core, at its essence, it's still a physician-patient-human relationship that develops and evolves over time. And it's sacred. I, you know, I'm not naive to think that our healthcare process of delivery hasn't changed, but the essence is still there. And jeopardizing that is going to jeopardize patient care. And to me, this is all about the patient. What's in the best interest of the patient? And if a patient has a good, durable, trusting relationship with a provider, I mean, that, that's, that's worth just a huge amount of value in terms of patient care and the ability to manage those patients. And there might probably be potentially some downstream cost savings. If a physician particularly knows a well, well a patient, they're more comfortable managing certain acute problems as an, in an ambulatory environment rather than necessarily just admitting them by default to the hospital. So having that relationship and knowing the thresholds of the patient's health problems, you know, I think it's ultimately going to reduce cost. And having disrupted relationships is going to potentially drive that. You know, if you have a patient not known to a provider, brand new provider, and the patient calls a particularly acute issue, and the provider doesn't know that patient, you know, there's all more often a default. Well, just want to go to the emergency room, let them sort it out, and I'll pick it up from there. Yeah, you know, this is just about allowing the providers, the physicians, to practice the craft that they were trained to do, and let them do their thing, and give them a certain amount of, of flexibility in their professional lives to do that. Give them the the, the freedom to do that to, in order to keep that patient relationship going. Absolutely, and and Dr. Yeah. Jackson, thank you for being here today. And if if you care about this bill, if this is something out there that's uh, that you find is something that's important to you or you've been uh, mm-hmm. in a situation where you think this bill would have helped you, 
you know, reach out to your local state representatives and your local senators yeah. and, and let them know that this bill is important to you. And, and like I said, this is the first time we've actually focused on legislation that hasn't passed. So one of the ideas here is to advocate for things on this podcast moving forward as well. So, yeah. Dr. Jackson, thanks for being here, and I appreciate for what you do for the Commonwealth and for your patients. Well, likewise. Thank you for championing this bill. This has been, by the way, Did You Know? Remember, you can catch my podcast on my website at www.rebecker.com slash my podcast.